Welcome to the Real Rap Podcast. I am your host, Matt Bjorki, the editor of RoughStock.com. In this podcast, we talk with CMA award-winning singer-songwriter Mac McAnally. In addition to being a singer-songwriter, Mac is also a touring musician and a record producer who has recorded a dozen studio albums over the past four decades. Mac also has the honor of, and distinction of being a member of Jimmy Buffett's Coral Reefer Band. This podcast was recorded days before the 49th annual CMA Award nominees were announced. With these nominations, Mac is now shooting for his 8th consecutive Musician of the Year Award. In addition to talking about the CMA Awards and Mac's career, we also discuss his brand new album, A.K.A. Nobody, an album which just has charted this week on Billboard's Top Country Albums chart. Thank you for coming to the podcast here. Proud to, thank you. Be one of the, you're, the, you're one of the first recordings of it, so. Excellent. Yeah, I just figured did all the interviews, might as well record them and I'm privileged. I mean I already recorded them might as well use them so. all right can you believe that you're still recording all these years later I mean you've been recording pretty much since I've been alive so <laughs> yeah it is it is remarkable to uh, and I consider it an opportunity a privilege you know that's it's, it's certainly not a it's not a right it's not to be expected mm-hmm. to be able to do that and uh, show business tends to tends to chop careers lengthwise into in the same way that the professional athletes yeah, absolutely have, you know they have five six year careers and then they got to go do something else and uh, i've been really fortunate uh, I, I think because because music is what i think about when i go to sleep at night and when i wake up in the morning and to be able to 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 chase it uh, as a job and and, and it be my job because I'm going to be thinking about it anyway. I would just be a distracted short order cook <laughs> if, if I didn't get to be a musician. So doing something rhythmic, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the right. Be, be, beating the beating the bread into a pulp. <laughs> but uh, but you know the fact that this gets to be my job, and along the way, uh, I've got to I've gotten to hone a set of skills that I didn't have in the beginning. You know, I, I didn't know anything really about making records when I started. I knew mm-hmm. a little bit about playing a guitar and a tiny bit about you know, singing really soft after my parents were asleep, <laughs> and and then all this other stuff has has come along the way. You know, I, I've I've learned a little bit about making records and a little bit about how to go and play in front of a crowd, which I was really bashful, too bashful to really do when I started, and and I love performing now more than ever, uh, and I'm still bashful, but I but I at least have, have gotten to the point where I enjoy the exchange mm-hmm. with an audience, and and I like them getting something unique about that particular night you know i'm not i'm not going out there and lip syncing or anything whatever happens is something that happens between you right and me. isn't i mean that's part of the, the thing that musicians probably live for the most is that moment when you get to make it's, and then you know it's, it's not going to be the same no matter what even if you no. have the same playlist set list night after night different things are going to happen every show is a i look at everything honestly as a collaboration even even if you're writing a song and recording it it's still a collaboration with the listener because your life as it exists in that song is interfacing in the life with the life of the listener. What's going on in their life makes, makes what you said important or unimportant or they, they find a way to connect that and interweave it. And change it. And change it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I have a song, uh, I wrote a song about taking pride in what you do for a living called It's My Job a long, mm-hmm. long time ago. 
and it was a mild chart record for me. And then it was a top 40 pop record for Jimmy Buffett. That was the first song of mine that he ever recorded. And all it is, the whole song is about, you know, do your best, take pride in, you know, yeah. it, it makes your life better to do your best. Whenever, when, you, when you must work, do your best. That's what the whole song is. But I, there was a lady that worked at my bank in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and I, I, I go in to cash a check one day, and she said, man, that song of yours, it ain't my job. I love that song, because man, it ain't my job either. She, she totally got a whole mm -hmm. different thing than, than was in the song. Yeah. She, was, she took it as a message to right. abandon all principles. Of, but it's still an interaction. My song somehow mm -hmm. let her arrive at that. Right. It, I mean, it doesn't matter if you get it exactly right. It's still something that exists between you and the writer. You can even go when it's when you co-write with somebody like, like when you wrote Jimmy on uh, actual Coast collaboration. Of Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yes. What happens? What it means for you is different even from your co-writer when you're of writing. Of course. Yeah. You know, so. And, and, you know, in the case of that one, that was a conversation about, like, writing a sequel to Come Monday. We were talking yeah. about movie sequels, and it, it led to song sequels, and we wrote a sequel to the, the couple that was in Come Monday and what they would be doing now. That's kind of what that song is, which is definitely, it's Jimmy's life, you know, more than mm -hmm. it is mine, but it's one that I've been a witness to along the way. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm close friends with, with he and his wife both, and, and I've been a fan of his since before I ever knew him, so... It yeah. meant something to me to get I mean, to have a part in saying that. When you look over the arc of your career, I mean, people like him and David Geffen and like all these people who become supporters and friends and things like that sure. along yeah. the way, MCA, Tony Brown, I mean, and uh, DreamWorks again, I guess that would, right. may have been Geffen again, I don't know. But, I mean, that that's kind of, that's like a, each moment you're probably like pinching yourself like, how did... How does this keep, you know, well, it's sustained a, particularly for anybody that knows me, I'm like, if I'm not inclined to promote myself and then the few times that I've ever tried to do it, I'm especially bad at it. You know, so, <laughs> so it's almost better if I just go right. about my business and make the music and hope something nice happens because nice things have happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, my, my nature, which is not really to aggrandize myself I was raised that way on farms in Mississippi mm -hmm. you don't call attention to yourself you know so show business is ultimate irony for me you know where you're right. supposed to say hey look at me every day or you've made a mistake right. <laughs> you know and I just don't have that in me so from the beginning the pressure for me career-wise was on the music and and thankfully there was you know some some chunks of music that had enough merit to still let me be around you know, forty some odd years after the point that I started, I'm I'm so grateful to get something yeah, right so, every once in a while. And you get to put out this record, aka Nobody, which to me, kind of listening to it, it sounds like, in a way, it kind of sounds like it spans the sounds in it. Kind of span that whole time. It's it's true. There there's a, there's a there's a song that everybody says could have been on my first album. That song, Don't Remember Leaving, is just sort of finger picking, low voice, mm. semi almost recitation singing. Uh, it, it's, it's very similar to the very first stuff that I did. And then there is a little bit of everything that I like and everything that I feel like chasing. Uh, there's, some, there's a swing song on there because my dad listened to swing music. Mm -hmm. He was a World War II vet, you know, and he came home listening to big band stuff and swing stuff. And there's my attempt at that, which I'm really proud of. It's a, it's a, I've never written, it's called Zanzibar. Never, yeah. never written anything like that before. And I've got my, my three daughters are singing sort of Andrew's sister's vocals on there with me, so I, I love that too. Then you've got the 
the swampy song that you wrote with Sonny Landreth. Oh and, yeah, you know, Loser like, Gumbo. Uh, I loved the, the title. You just look at the title and you're like, I want to listen to that song. Yeah, it's the, that <laughs> word, that term. I've heard it all my life because we kept hearing stories about this bar in Louisiana mm-hmm. that had cockfights, which were illegal, but there. And uh, and the, the the story goes that uh, in the restaurant at this bar, one of the main menu items was called Loser Gumbo, and it was. It was the roosters that lost the cockfights cooked into a soup. And uh, that's just such a visual. Uh, Sonny and I, Sonny heard that story the whole time he's growing up. I heard that story the whole time I was growing up as well. We're like, loser gumbo, that's just such a, it's got a thing about mm-hmm. it, that term. But, you know, you don't really want to write a whole blue song about unfortunate chickens. No. Uh, but we, we ended up, yeah. we ended up trying to figure it, we, we figured it into a way to, to make it, uh, Creating something good out of something that started out bad, you know. Yeah. Loser Gumbo's pretty good, you know. For everybody. sounds like a sounds like a great blues band name. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and, the, and the last line, the last line in the chorus is, "Crazy people taught me everything I know," and I can kind of identify with that as well. I think most of us can. <laughs> we a lot of us just think that's what normal is, right? That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> what really is normal? I mean, again, you go back to your career and stuff like on your simple life you had and you had uh down the road and right and then cut to 2009 and kenny chesney records it and asks you to sing on it i mean out of the blue you know yeah. t- two decades later and, right uh, and i will say that that i make an effort to have my songs not attached to a piece of time mm-hmm. you know i like for them to be i don't want to say timeless because that's that's a little pompous, but I, I want them to not necessarily be just attached to a, to an exact piece of time. I right. want to, and down the road, family matters. It doesn't matter what generation it is. Your family is an important thing, and that song kind of played 21 years later uh, I think, the same way it I played. I think Simple Life could as well. You know, It's just like, I listen to that, and I'm like, those lyrics resonate right now as much as they did then. Well, the, and, the, the, and the payoff of Simple Life is a Simple Life in a difficult time. Exactly, you know? right. And if these aren't difficult times, they're doing a heck of an impersonation. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. and who's to say what? Going back to the songwriter and the story, whose difficult time? It could be a difficult time any time, even oh, when sure. the economy is growing. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. No, there's there's always things to improve. Right. And always then, things to complain about for baby boomers, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for any everybody complain. There's not I enough think, crab meat in this. All you need to do is scroll through a Facebook feed to see yeah. people complaining. Well, we're right? gonna grumble, yeah. It's, uh, competitively <laughs> it's and human for entertainment. Nature, yes, right. it absolutely yeah. is. I'm like. A lot of times people go, I need to write a song with this with somebody about I hate drama, and then their whole life is drama. <laughs> there you go. Well, on, on this record, uh, uh, the song "Proud to Be Alive" is mm-hmm. sort of, is sort of that sort of you know making a little bit of poking a little fun at my own generation and and you know and how we we tend to whine because we can is what the line. In the yeah, song you know, and I always I always marvel when people say, "Oh, it was so much better back then." It's like, um. If you went back there, you probably wouldn't think that when you were there. No, that's true. Because yeah. history is always through rose-colored glasses. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's written, as they say, by the winners. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, or the people who don't want certain things said. Yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, and folks that, uh, that belie the technology these days or, or you know, the, the oh. world's going down the toilet because of cable TV or the Internet or, you know, it, I... I was raised in the church, and you right. go a couple of pages into the Bible in Genesis, you hear four names. Two of them kill one another. 
Right. <laughs> There's a 25% homicide rate in the well, second page of the I Bible. Know. And that wasn't cable TV. I know. But it's human it's nature. like, I mean, you, you yeah. kind of, in a way, you, you, with, with a straight face, you talk about, in that song, about people having to hide who they are. Yes. And um, for their sexuality and stuff. And it's kind of interesting because if you tie that to what's going on in the news a lot lately with in Kentucky and stuff right, like that, sure, yeah. it's like, like I always say with that specific issue, I'm like, but if they have a rule they're supposed to follow that was ordered by the court, they should follow that rule, whether they personally feel the way they do or not. Well, if it's know? their job, yeah, or maybe right. ask for a different job. If they're, exactly, yeah. that's, yeah. My, that's my point. If it's your job, if that's what you're elected to do, mm-hmm. when you're elected to do a job, laws will change that you didn't know sure. were gonna change. I'm, so you can't, I mean, you know, that's the way I look at it that I've, way. I've got really close people on both sides of, of those issues. And, and we I, all do. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah exactly. Do. I always uh, see both sides to the issue. But and and uh, nobody is, sides, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm big on, on people who believe things. I like people who, I prefer people who believe things to people who don't. Right. But, uh, but, but in like the song With a Straight Face, the, the people that I grew up among uh, in, in the church are some of the most good-hearted, compassionate people, yeah, most in, people in, in the world and I just uh, you know I, I hate to see certain groups of people have that compassion and that good heartedness withheld from right. I know I don't see a reason not to have compassion yeah, yeah, and for that's everybody kinda, like, that's kind of where I get with all yeah. that stuff sure too. it's like let people be who they are and let whoever judges judges yeah we don't need to judge people but um, you know getting back to the only song that you didn't record on the record was the Jesse Winchester. I mean, that you didn't write. That I, mean, I didn't write. Yes, like, uh, didn't that. record. It's on the record. How did you not record it? <laughs> it was a trick. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I, is that kind of like a tribute to him? Since Jesse's a hero of mine, and and over the last about maybe five years ago now, I produced uh, a tribute album to Jesse when he was going through his first mm-hmm. bout with cancer, and he was pleased enough with how that record came out that he asked me to help him make his final record which I did uh, uh, two years ago now it came mm-hmm. out it came out in 2014 but uh, and we lost Jesse in 2014 but I've, I've never as you say actually not just this album but never on a studio album have I ever recorded a song I didn't write wow that's, and, uh, and that's <laughs> just, this is I think 12 or 13 yeah, studio albums so but this particular one I'm, I'm, I'm a Mississippian and uh, mm-hmm. and Jesse's song Mississippi You're on my mind is is my favorite song about about my home state. Sounds and, like it should be the theme song. <laughs> well, I, I I am lobbying for it to be the state song. And there's so much wonderful music that's come out of Mississippi. Yeah. Not just individual pieces, but entire genres of music. Blues, blues, yeah. Country music started with yeah. out of Jimmy Rogers. You know, rock and roll music sort of came out of the blues and gospel right. mixing together. The Mississippi is in the right in the epicenter of all of that. Mm-hmm. And our state song is just a hideous. It was a campaign, political campaign song written for mm-hmm. Ross Barnett called uh, Go Mississippi. You'll never look back. Go Mississippi. You're on the right track. And, it, you know, <laughs> for, for the musical heritage that yeah. is Mississippi, for that to be our state song is is offensive to me. So, you know, I, I think it should change for certain, and everybody pretty much agrees with that, but I'm lobbying that it be Jesse's song, and I'm trying to. That's, that's my campaign. I mean, just the title of it sounds like like they would use it for advertising. Like it should be, yeah. It's, you know? uh, yeah, and, and he Jesse was a master songwriter you know his song uh, showman's life is as good of a song as has oh, ever been written absolutely. about what we do and how we go about mm-hmm. it the ghost uh, joke how many times it's been cut just you oh know. yeah that's right and it's not finished yet no no it's like the, it's like uh yesterday from the beatles or something absolutely. you know it's, you know, it's, it's like one of those 
songs, uh, which that song is the most recorded popular music song of, of all time. Of all time, and it, it deserves to be, as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. That's well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's simple. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to... Simple one is thing. not easy. No. <laughs> well, you know, you write songs yeah. that have, that can say, you know, a, a story mm -hmm. that's direct and to the point, like that song is, and not have, and anybody can understand it, which is... Well, it's, you know, I don't know that it's, because I come from Mississippi and I came through the Mississippi public school system, uh, I want... I want to write something that exists at a high level of thought. I want, I, want, I want there to be complexity in my songs, but I don't want somebody that hears it in a simple way to get a different message right. than, I want the song to be clear and understandable at whatever level somebody's listening from, if I can. And I, I strive for that. Uh, I, I don't really want to write over anybody's head or under anybody's no, head. No, I mean, that's the thing. And, Some people do that, you know, and that's great. Just. I think as great as the record is, I think like Sturgill Simpson's most recent record, it was like meta modern sound and country. Just the title alone will put off people. It's a, it's a bit imposing, but it's a very cool record. It is Absolutely, yeah. it's a great record, yeah. but but it's like, oh, I know some people who it's hard for them to listen to it, they can't get yeah. like like the, the Turtles All the Way or whatever, you know, that song. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, but that's kind of what he's going for. But, you know, it's just one of those things that well, and, and two, if you're a, if you're a fan, if if you're a, a purveyor of country music, sometimes you get that you get a little bit of chip on your shoulder that yeah. people think you're you know you're hee haw sitting on a bale of hay with a right. straw so, in your mouth, and you yeah. want to so you want to pull your vocabulary out and use it if you can. Uh, I know I've uh, been known to do that when uh, I'm taught writing. I'm like, whoa, roll that back. <laughs> they're not going to know what this word means. Yeah. Well. And, yeah, and, it's, and then sometimes always, I want to double check, make sure I, I know what it means right after I said it too. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> I, I'm, which I'm which will probably happen with this podcast. I'll probably say <laughs> some big word and use it wrong, yeah. and then the listeners will tweet into this world of Twitter these days. No, I'm, I'm a disclaimer. I'm, I'm Mississippi <laughs> Public Schools. And I'm the least educated <laughs> member of my family. Uh, which, but you probably had, well, you know, you have had probably a longest tenure with a career, though, maybe. Well, I'm the last guy that's going to complain. I'm, I'm so so, yeah. so proud to be alive, as my song says, and on the record, I'm I'm extremely proud to be here and to get to do this, and and to feel like that there's still something in me to say. Because honestly, if I didn't think there was, I would shut up. I have a, oh. I'm blessed with enough other jobs. My day yeah. job of being a touring musician and being a record producer now and again. I don't. I, it, it's it's not a joyous recreation to me to write songs because after you've been doing it a while it becomes kind of tedious in that you have your own work to avoid to sort right. of sort of a minefield that you have to tiptoe through and not plagiarize your own self uh, and at the same time you have these standards that I want to do it better I want, I want mm -hmm. to do something better than I did before and if you if you were lucky enough to do something well initially it's it becomes harder to do right I mean in all your records or most of your records have been plucked or cherry-picked tracks here or there off of their other sure, artists. They've, so. they've sort of become elaborate pitch tapes, and, and I, for which I'm grateful, you know, because hey, I, I have, I'm, I'm blessed with some uh, some friends and supporters who already have a bus payment and a and a, and a personal trainer <laughs> and, a, and a reason to go tour and, and be a big deal, you know. Right. And, and I'm so grateful 
when, when, when I say I don't have any ambition in that way, it's, it is an admitting a flaw. I'm not bragging on that. I, I, don't, I wasn't blessed with any ambition to be the guy in the middle of the stage saying, look at me. But I, I, I'm proud to know some people who have plenty right. of that. Jimmy Buffett has way. plenty oh, of yeah. that. Kenny. Kenny has plenty oh. of that. And Ken, Kenny and Jimmy are like two halves of one egg. Yes, anyway. absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I look totally up to them for that. I don't, I don't belittle that aspect of their nature at all. I'm happy for it, and I've benefited from it. Right. Because so. you, uh, when uh, down the road was, you were out tour, on tour yeah, with Kenny. Yeah, I was out there singing to an NFL stadium full of people that I didn't have any business in accumulating the folks. I just got to go up there and sing right. for them, and they clapped for me. And so he's, really, he's always been really smart about who he brings with him for those shows. You know, it's not – even though he could pack that place himself. That's, he, he always he, wants to give them something – that they yeah. weren't expecting, right. and that's good. That, that, that's yeah. a, it's a, a, you know, an appendage of what he likes to listen to too. He likes to, he likes to hey hey I, I like this. Mm -hmm. You're gonna like this too. Jimmy does the same thing. Yeah, and they're very conscious of making their audience feel special, because you know in in the case of Jimmy and, and Kenny now too, they're they're coming to your town every year. Yeah. Uh, so it's not always because I've got a new record out. Nope. It's just because I love doing this and I'm coming to your town. Please come and see me and I'll try to make it worth mm -hmm. your while. And in Kenny, this, this particular tour, he spent a lot of time and money to make sure that it was the best show that he's ever done. Absolutely. You know, and, I went and, that's, the, and just like I said about yeah. writing, it becomes hard to top mm -hmm. yourself. You've got you to gotta tiptoe around what you've done before and still do something impressive. Right. And when you've been doing it a long time, it gets harder and harder. Yeah, which is why I see. That's why I marvel at guys like well, Harlan when he was alive and Bill Anderson well, still right still, in the way they do. You know, it's like it's unbelievable. They're smart enough to know, especially in this city of co-writes. Mm-hmm. Why not write with the younger blood, the younger people? That's one way to avoid writing yourself again. You know. Amen. <laughs> yes, it's true. You've kind of you've kind of done I, that with like Stapleton and, and Zach Brown and. Absolutely yes, you know, this, and I, I still consider alone. myself an apprentice co-writer. I'm still I, I don't have that up to the speed that I can write. You know the stuff that I write by myself is still sort of my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love the attempt of co-writing, and, and and I love a lot of the songs that come from it. I have one with Al Anderson on here, and a Jimmy, and a Kenny, and a, a Zach, and uh, and as you say, Stapleton and Sonny Landreth. Yeah. So it's it, it the musical exchange uh, with somebody else who has a a talent and something to say I think is a wonderful thing. Stapleton, I'm, I'm in awe. He's a I'm monster. always in awe. I'm like, no, I, I would, I would have cut a large check to have him sing the song that we wrote together yeah. instead of me. But I'm really happy that I get to <laughs> sing it too. Maybe yeah. he will in the next. Maybe another record, time. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, in between all that and producing, like Priscilla Brown and other, and mm -hmm. uh, Chris Ledoux and all that. You've also now had like the string of CMA awards as musician of the year. I mean, how do you uh, wrap your head around that? that I like, don't. I, I can't. Uh, honestly, I can't. But I, the only thing I'll say about it is that what you know. Some sometimes awards are kind of political. You know, labels have somebody yeah. that they're rooting for, or or you know that you have your guy. That, and it's, as, as far as I know, the, the Musician of the Year Award is probably one of the few awards of the night that's not really political. Right. You know, it, no, so. nobody's, nobody's tour, no, nobody's booking fee is going to go up or nobody's record shelves are going to get stocked differently because of who wins that award. So, and in, in the case of me, I'm not really a big flash hot guitar, I'm not going to play the hot guitar solo 
Uh, I'm, I'm an accompanist. That's what I do. Yeah. And when, as when we make records here in town, I, I play along with George Strait in the first verse and, and mm -hmm. finger pick around him singing the melody. That's that's sort of a specialty, and and a not normally recognized aspect of record making. And for me to have seven of these things in a row, and and to basically be doing that mm -hmm. over and over again, I'm not the guy who's like, man, listen to that guitar solo on. Keith Urban's record. No, that's Keith Urban. <laughs> you know, exactly. Or Brad Paisley. Or, but yeah, there's there some great players, and so, I and I'm not a flash instrumentalist, but but there but there is somebody who has some appreciation for how I go about doing what I do, and I'm very grateful for that. So then you talking about musicians? You must have been. I know I was in awe of the fact that Hunter Hayes wrote and sang every note on his first record. That's amazing. And played yeah. every note. Yes, uh, and <laughs> that's that's remarkable. You know. Yeah. I, and he was like, what, nine, eight, 17 to 19 when he yes, recorded that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did that a few times in my 30s and 40s and yeah. 50s, but I wasn't doing it at 19. Yeah. At 19, I was looking over my shoulder saying, I hope, I hope my one guitar part's not going to fall flat right. on its face. Um, you know, so that's a remarkable. Pretty, and then, obviously, he couldn't do it again because there's no time to do that again. When it's, you, it's when, a hard when you, thing to. When you get a, you know, that quick to the, quote, A list as he was at yeah. that moment, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, it's kind of hard to do that for album number two, even though I'm sure he wanted to. No, I'm sure too. Yeah. And, and, and actually the reason that I get to do it now is I'm far down the alphabet when on the list wise <laughs> and I've got plenty of time to play all the parts and sing all the parts now. Right. It's kind of fun. And I, and I, I don't do that always. I do it occasionally out of necessity and certain times because I'm, I get all hot for this song. I've got to finish this tonight mm -hmm. and I just throw everything down. But I well, love yeah, playing I mean, with other players. I still mm -hmm. love playing with a band. Like when I like we're talking about on the record how you had a, different sounds here there when I was listening to With a Straight Face I was like that was one of the ones I felt like wow this really this could have came out 20 30 years ago just from the the way from the piano to the, vo the, du yes. the dual vocal harmonizing right, and all right. that you know it was just to me it was a cool way to do that and then to have this, the strings in there and all that stuff you know? it, it, it's it sort of leaves it in your face a little bit more when I when I first wrote that song I cut kind of a pop demo that had more yeah loops and scents and it sort of sounded more like what's going on but and it and it was it was cool as well but i if you strip it down where there's just the song right uh because the lyrics and that are the heart are, of that are the kind yeah. of the deal and, and it, it did this and i did the same thing years ago with all these years uh and oh, which is and, and, and same thing still there's one nothing, of my all-time well, favorites so. oh thank you so much on but, that. Yeah. but but that's the that was the premise with all these years there's nothing except the guy in the middle of the speakers telling you what's going on. There, it, you, it's not like you're going to get caught up in a dance groove or something going left and right. There's I no always, drums. It's just a song right in your face. And the John Legend song that came out last year, the um, All of Me. All of Me. Right, right. Now he does a little vocal trickery thing at the end of it yeah, that a yeah. friend who's blind heard mm -hmm. because you know their senses are heightened, and I'd never heard it till they mentioned it. Where it's computerized at the end, the harmonies computerized, mm -hmm. yeah. and that's it. Well, it ruined it for me for that song, and I went. I'm thinking, I didn't even notice it till you told me. Yeah. But I did hate, I flipped to serious pop radio one day and in my car. And it was a dance mix. And it was a dance mix. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what? And they do that with Sam Smith too, the Stay oh, With sure. Me song. And right, I'm like, I, on his album, In the Lonely Hour, the, the best song on there is just this acoustic ballad, well, mm -hmm. the deluxe version at Target. Mm -hmm. I like, I saw that. I was like, well, that you can't buy. So I'm buying the CD here because. Mm -hmm. And, there you, you know, go. And it's like, and then I heard that I'm like, not only is that the best song on this record, that is a country song. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you know a, a simple song could be any any genre. It, it yeah, can be any genre. If, if if you if you just listen to 
police every breath you take mm -hmm. is a country song. It sounds like it sounds like and Hank the melody is now it. a country song. Yeah, right. These days, no, it, yeah. no, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably more than one. Oh yeah, <laughs> these it's amazing. I mean, that's one thing we could talk about. Was like as a from a producer standpoint, the, how technology has changed the recording aspect. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know, it's I mean, like the microphone we're talking on mm -hmm. is used by a lot of people who don't have, you know, for whatever the, you know, the hundred dollars, whatever the, this microphone mm -hmm. costs, and a, and a laptop, they can now record. A record. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's just. And I, you know. Or, I, I, or use their iPhone, plug, sure. in, plug a cord into their phone, and then they're, they're recording onto their phone. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that. Honestly, I think that for the most part is good. I like people having a, a way to express themselves. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was trying to trick stuff into into recording. You know, when I was yeah. a kid in Mississippi, I was bumming little reel-to-reel -reel tape recorders from from the school. Yeah. My dad was a school teacher. You know, I'd hook one up to another one and sing through this and run it into that. And the, the fact that there's an app yeah. that'll that'll let you overdub now is is I is used remarkable. to turn headphones into microphones. Ah, right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I do the same thing. We turn speakers into microphones yeah. in front of the bass drum. So it's like uh, wire them backwards. But, uh, but but you know you can use technology to make somebody that can't really sing sound like they can if that's if that's your mission. Right. Uh, and that happens occasionally. Somebody mm -hmm. there's so good looking that we need to make it look like they can sing. You know. But, right. Uh, and there are very uh, famous musicians and rappers. I think Kanye West is one that comes to mind. Who uses that to get very emotive songs that are very personal to him right out and I tweeted once about that he wrote a song about his mom mm -hmm. which was a very good song he wrote it with Paul McCartney of all, right. you know, right. all people of course of course you know good choice of co-write <laughs> right it was Paul McCartney and uh, Rihanna and Rihanna sang yeah, on it right and I'm like this is a great song but I kind of want to hear Paul and Rihanna sing it yeah <laughs> And I get I get where he's coming from and the emotion of it, but I said I kind of want to. So then I heard uh, Emily West. Mm -hmm. She did it with this group called Postmodern Jukebox. It takes like a song, they turn it into like this jazz ensemble mm -hmm. track, and I'm like, holy cow! Because mm -hmm. you get to hear, you know, you're not lost. You know, you're not as good as even Kanye's version of it, computerized right. as it was, still sounded good. It was just yeah, right. Well, but, but in the, you look at the piece of time we're in now. Mm -hmm. the, the say, for instance, when Chris Christopherson. Oh yeah. Who's not you know not a world class singer. No. Uh, but a, but he's a world class songwriter. Absolutely uh, right. Like you know, one of the masters. Absolutely one of the masters. And so when he when he put his work out initially, it was songwriter songwriter. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the the masses weren't saying let me hear this guy sing, but but then they, you know, they heard those songs framed by somebody else, and they're they become in your all-time repertoire. Yeah. And Sunday morning coming down. Absolutely. <laughs> and this, the technology of today makes makes some things more palatable. But it also allows, like when I started making records, uh, people would make you sing things a hundred times until you got every right. note exactly right. So if you exactly have one right. note so that went sour, you can now whoop. You just fix it. Yeah. But, but and and that's. But just but just one, you just know. one, yeah. And it allows you to use a spontaneous vocal. I heard it. Yeah. If you sit there and you sing, like I, in the old days, we never, I never got to sing the whole song. I'd go, oh, that was a flat note. Stop, back it up, two words, and and by the end of your, 
you're just sort of a xylophone. You're not really, you're not telling a story. You're not singing something from the loop. I got to sing this note yeah. on this beat, or I'm going to have to do it a hundred more times. Right. So it's not a great so choice. So it's kind of freed yeah. that aspect of it. Now yeah. you can just sing the song. Sing it through once yeah. and then. Sing it through three times and, yeah. and you know, and pick what, what you need to pick out of those three. Yeah, but they're three spontaneous performances. I remember Dwight Yoakam said that in an interview about mm -hmm. autotune. He's like, he's like, well, autotune's been around for a long time, you know. He's talking yeah. like the last 20 years or so, mm -hmm. 25 years. He's like, it's been around, but back when it first came out, it was meant to just do that. Correct, right. a, correct a note here or there. It wasn't necessarily meant to become what it's become. With, Make somebody that, that yeah. can't do it sound like they can. Which, you know, and then, what's his name? Uh, T-Pain was like the first guy that really... Just sang. Yeah, but I remember instrument. George Strait's Stars on the Water around mm -hmm. 2000, 2000, his version of Rodney's, yeah. Rodney's song. Um, or Rodney. Rodney's Rodney. song, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like both guys. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you know, talk about two other great songwriters, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but when that song came out and Tony Brown had that effect on there, the stars mm -hmm. on the water, I was like, wow, first country got to do that. That's mm -hmm. what I thought when I heard it, because mm -hmm. I think I'd heard Shares Believe or something. Oh, it, was right, the, right. it was the first real song that just used it like crazy. Used, it. used it as, 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 a, uh, like as a primary a, instrument. As an effect of the song, yeah, right. you know. And so, but hey, you know, I, I mean, it's, I'm using the same technology that we're talking about to sure. record this podcast. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. No, know, I, I don't like, think, I don't think, I don't think Beethoven ignored whatever was the leading technology of his day. I no, mean, it, he would have probably loved he, having this he technology. He used everything that was available yeah. to him. And, uh, you know, and John, so did Johnny Cash and so did Ray Charles and so, you know, that I don't I don't view technology as bad myself. You know, you can do good things with it, and you can right. do bad things with everything that's ever been invented. I mean, it's always cool when you hear somebody goes, "Oh, we recorded this analog." Well, yeah, that's cool, mm -hmm. but then you know how much work went into that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and money. Oh you know, yeah, a reel of tapes three hundred bucks now. You know, and yeah. that holds three songs if you're lucky. Right, and then <laughs> you got to cut it up to put pieces together to <laughs> do what you're talking about. It's yep. like it takes a long time. It's like a, it's like filmmakers. You know, they bemoan the lack that film. Most all films are shot digitally these mm -hmm. days. Right. And I'm like, as a fan of films, I'm like, I understand that, mm -hmm. and I love it too. But mm -hmm. it's just a, it's a technology and the co the cost of you know, unless you've got a multi hundred million dollar budget film, you may not be able to. If you know, it's absolutely. The same. And and you know, people they got to market the records and they got to market the movies. Right. So the the cost of actually making them is getting you know Which they're is, looking to cut corners right they can make a record for or make a music video even for a few hundred bucks if you got the right director and the right equipment mm -hmm. and the best and a good idea you know you don't or need a million bucks if you don't or they still have a good idea they just have the yeah. budget yeah right yeah. you know but that's a good thing for artists i guess in a way because especially now the way how music how expensive it is to get an artist sure up the charts at least the marketing side of it yeah that's true you know at least at least they can kind of control maybe some of the early stages of the the development you know and it's not so right i just you know I, I was never the biggest on although i, I was a fan of you know, i wanted to see anything that had the beatles in it when i was mm -hmm. growing up i wanted to see but but the music interpret visual interpretations of songs. Right. I as a songwriter who tries to be visual. Right. 
with within the 2D of the music mm -hmm. and the words. Yeah. I feel a little bit infringed upon by by somebody having I agree. A, a budget and saying, okay, it's going to be it. a girl in Daisy Dukes and she's sitting on the Because I agree. it's the same way when you're reading a book. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, like the Harry Potter book series, I bought that whole book series from my mm -hmm. nephew when he was a kid. And before he could get it for Christmas, I had read all but the oh, first book of right. it up to a certain point. Yeah. But I knew all that. I visualized in that book because mm -hmm. I saw the first movie. All those characters were visualized that way. Whereas had I not, if I had read that book before that movie, it would have been different. Sure. And vi music videos do the same thing as you're talking like about. Like I said, you collaborated yeah. with J.K. Rowling right. by reading her book. You know, that's a collaboration. Right, exactly, right. Between you and her. And yeah. so you you visualize all these characters. And, all, and then I read this book called The Road, and I have never watched the movie for it because I'm like... Boy, I, I didn't watch the movie either. I love that book. That book was, I mean, I'm like... Powerful. I'm like, how are they going to do that as a movie? It just doesn't, there's not a lot of talking and... It's, it, right. it's just so I was just like, no, no, I never, I never, I never. I think on Netflix, I think I tried like ten minutes. I'm like, nope, nope, mm -hmm. too dark. The screen was very dark because yeah. the story was dark. It's, it's a dark story, but you know, it, you know, you know but, but it has, it has just, positive. Yeah, in the context of darkness, there is light. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, right. Which is what he was, I think, going for in yeah. that. But it's like you hear good, you get a good book like that. You really don't want to see the movie, or you want to see the movie right. after you, reading. You've it. seen it. Right in your head, yeah, you know, and it's like sometimes you're reading a, you're reading something or you're listening to something and you're visualizing the character, and you it may be an actor that you know, and then sure, yeah, and then you read the movie, you see the movie, and they're not in the movie, and like ah oh, no, they weren't right for that movie, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. everybody's a critic. That's, sure, it's one of those songs I've written. <laughs> I could have I done it better than that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, with yeah. videos, I don't. I post a lot of videos to the website, and we, we host them. Only time I even watch a full video is if we're gonna like debut one, because right. I just want to see it. Sure. Otherwise, I'm like, you know, I don't really need to watch it. I didn't watch videos when CMT was popular. Well, so, uh, you know, I I, have, I would turn it on and like it would be in the background, and I wouldn't be looking at it. Right. It'd be like a radio. Well, there are certainly some that have been that have made a big impact. Yeah. I don't, I don't throw down on the genre or anything, but but generally, I, I would rather let the, the the singer and the songwriter paint me a picture. Uh, that's that's one of the things I like about music. All right. Well, I think we've covered quite a bit here. Um, so your new records, AKA Nobody, and you're out on tour with Jimmy Buffett. Out on tour with Jimmy Buffett, playing a few uh, one-offs myself in the cracks of Jimmy's schedule, you know, and still, still a studio player. I, I'm, I'm not actively campaigning for another Musician of the Year award, but I'm playing, well, we'll I'm doing the same thing I've been doing the whole time. I've this, been playing this guitar. This will post after, yeah. so we'll know, I'll add to it in the intros, or outros, but we'll know if you're nominated again. Which former. I, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, a, I'm assuming you'll be nominated, so you know, I'm assuming at the very least you're nominated. Never know if you're gonna win or not, but no. you know, those come out tomorrow as we're recording this, so hey, if anyway. They, if, if they took them all away from me at this point, I would thank them for for the feeling that I've had for the last seven years. And, and letting uh, you borrow. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I've tried to take good care of them. All right. Thank you for listening to this first episode of the Real Rap Podcast. We'd like to thank our friends Lex and Zoe at Lex Music Group and the Social Club event space at Nashville where this episode of the Real Rap was recorded. Coming up, future podcasts will feature episodes with Chris Young, Old Dominion, and a CMA Awards discussion where we'll have some special insider guests to break down 
the nominees, and discuss the year that was in country music. You can find us at roughstock.com, twitter.com slash roughstock, roughstock country music on Facebook, and the podcast itself has a Twitter called at the rural rap. Thank you once again for listening to this podcast. Ain't enough for me to go around And I've got all kinds of reasons To be all over town Spread thin with deals and friends Everybody wants a piece Oh, darling, I'm afraid You've been last but not least Everyone I love the most Has to take what's left of me I had it all together But I left out one big piece I put you last But you're not